This is an AI Group podcast. Today I'm with Stephen Smith, AI Group's Head of National Workplace Relations Policy, to discuss the COVID vaccine rollout and the complexities for businesses and workplace relations. I'm Tony Melville, Head of Corporate Affairs at AI Group. This podcast is provided with the support of the Commonwealth Government, represented by the Fair Work Ombudsman. There's a slide pack for this podcast, so you can follow the key points and share them with your colleagues. So we'll get right into it. Um, the vaccine rollout. Stephen, what, how is that going to go? Who's going to get it first? How long do we all have to wait? Yes, well, the, the vaccine rollout uh, is starting uh, in February. And the important thing from a workplace relations point of view is that in nearly all workplaces, uh, employees are going to have access to the vaccine at different times. But the first phase uh, is uh, rolling out the vaccine to quarantine and border workers, frontline healthcare workers, etc. And then there are a number of different phases uh, working through different uh, groups, uh, mainly based on the age and individual health vulnerability of particular people. So uh, as I said, you, you, it's not going to be the case that all of your employees are going to get access at the same time. Okay. So you'll have, I think the groupings are like 70 years plus, um, people 55 to 70, you know, there's, there's, very, there, there's very clear criteria, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so unless um, your business is in the residential aged care and or disability industry, um, nearly all of the other industries are going to be rolling through with the ages and you know risk uh, profiles of their uh, individual employees. Okay, so with the flu vaccine, you know it's become very common for workplaces to roll out the vaccine and tell everyone to come in and get the jab. Is that uh, is that how it's going to happen with COVID? Well, the COVID vaccine is initially being offered through uh, hospitals. This is the, the Pfizer vaccine. Um, ultimately, the vaccine will be available through uh, general practitioners and even pharmacies. But as we understand it, there, there are no immediate plans to have the vaccine administered within workplaces. Okay, and so you'll end up just going to the GP, would there be a cost in that for the uh, employer or for the person? The government has made it clear there'll be no cost of receiving this vaccine. So employees will have access, of course, to it through GPs, pharmacies, hospitals, etc., at no cost. Okay. So, I mean, should this might be a bit out of scope, but should businesses be looking to maybe look at the profile of their workplace in terms of their age and risk categories? Um, it, it, it is worth understanding that in, in terms of the way the rollout will occur, but everyone will have access to this vaccine, uh, hopefully within the next 12 months. The government has said within six to 12 months, because of course it depends on supply. You know, initially supplies are going to be coming from overseas. Um, but hopefully within 12 months at the latest, everyone will have access to the, uh, the vaccine. Okay, we'll go through government policies next and then we'll look at workplace policies and what you should be thinking about in your own workplace. So the federal government, and this is a question which is coming up a lot, does it have any intention to make vaccines mandatory? 
No, absolutely not. The federal government has made it clear that they have no intention of making the uh, vaccinations uh, mandatory. Um, state governments at this stage have also said they've got no immediate plans to issue public health orders making vaccinations mandatory. Now that could, could change, but nothing is immediately in train uh, by federal or state governments in terms of mandatory vaccinations. Is part of the reason for that that they don't know whether the vaccine will stop the spread? Yes, it, it is to do with that amongst other issues because all of the research that has been done on the, the various vaccines, you know, the Pfizer vaccine, the AstraZeneca vaccine, etc., it's all been based on how effective is that vaccine in preventing death and serious illness in the individual that has received the vaccination. Uh, there is very little research at this stage on how effective uh, vaccinations are in preventing transmission to another. So a person might have the vaccination, but uh, and uh, you know have no symptoms. But uh, it, it, research is still needing to be done on would that be very effective in stopping transmission to another person. We don't we don't know for sure yet. But if that. It's a hypothetical, but if that data comes back and it shows that it's very effective at stopping transmission, then then that could very much it could very well change. Yes, hopefully that will be the case, and um, yeah, the government, of course, uh, at the state and federal level, is is looking at all of this uh, research and making decisions along the way. Okay, but but it will happen very quickly. They'll get through these various categories categories quickly in a, in a couple of months. And given that Australia doesn't have terribly many cases, I mean, the risk of a, of a you know, reasonably subdued or slow uh, rollout is not going to make much difference, I imagine. Well, hopefully that will be the case. Hopefully uh, we, we won't have any more outbreaks or, or significant outbreaks of, uh, of the virus. But the government, of course, is rolling through this um, vaccination program in a very uh, careful and methodical way. So yes, the program has started. We're into the, the first phase now, but uh, it will take some time to, to get through to particularly the younger people. And the rationale for these phases is it's just not sensible or, or fair um, to be giving, say, a 20-year-old um, worker in the manufacturing industry access to the the, the vaccination ahead of, uh, say, a 70-year-old worker in another industry when all of the evidence is that the older uh, person is, the more vulnerable they are to, uh, to this virus. It's all constantly changing. So we're also working with the FWO and Safe Work Australia on advisory material for employers and employees, and we'll roll that out as it comes. Yes, one thing we have been very uh, strong on is that we want the government to release detailed information about uh, the workplace relations and work health and safety issues associated with uh, vaccinations so that everyone uh, is able to understand you know, what the government's position is on these really important issues. Which brings us to the question, in the absence of any public health order, can an employer make the vaccine mandatory if they decide that's in the best interest of their own business? 
Yeah, that is, that is the million dollar question. And it comes down to a very long standing common law principle that an employer is able to issue a lawful and reasonable direction to an employee. So there are two aspects to that. If an employer directed uh, its employees to have uh, a COVID vaccination, um, would that be lawful and reasonable from the business's perspective, but also would it be lawful and reasonable uh, in the context of an individual employee? Now, if there was um, a significant risk that an individual employee was going to have a, a major allergic reaction to the vaccine, then of course it wouldn't be reasonable for the employer to direct the employee to, to have it. So who determines if it's lawful and reasonable? Is that only if it's tested? Yes, if it was tested, it would ultimately be a, a court. But um, you know, no one is suggesting that in most circumstances it would be lawful and reasonable at the current time to direct employees to have a COVID vaccination. You know, that, that issue will need to be monitored during the course of, of the year as more evidence comes in, um, as state governments make decisions on whether to issue public health orders or, or not. But uh, as I said earlier, for the time being, uh, an employer in nearly all circumstances couldn't issue such a direction because their employees are not going to have access to the vaccine uh, all at the same time. So just, just going back over it, and, uh, and perhaps you could list what you think constitutes a lawful and reasonable direction. Maybe you've got some, some dots on that. Yes, well, the first issue would be what is the nature of the employer's industry? Uh, for example, an abattoir would be very different um, in terms of the risk of, uh, you know, the risk associated with the virus to a completely different industry. Um, there's also the issue of what work is the employee performing? Um, and take a hospital, for example, an employee that is there um, actually involved with people who have this virus or with particularly vulnerable uh, employees uh, and, and people um, would be in a very different position to say an admin person that's working in a back office role in, in a hospital. Um, so there, there are lots of, of issues associated with what might be lawful and reasonable, and of course it, it hasn't been tested. We have some cases around uh, flu vaccinations that, that go to this issue, and, and so some of the principles um, that are relevant you know, are known, but uh, not in the context of the COVID uh, vaccines. Okay, so we've, we've touched on briefly the work health and safety aspects of it, but you know, employers have got duties under the work health and safety laws to eliminate um, or those reasonably practical, minimise the risk of exposure in their workplace. What, what are some of the WHS complexities around the COVID-19 vaccine? Yes, well, a central point is that employers have a duty to ensure the health and safety of their workers um, to the extent that it's reasonably uh, practicable. Um, now, uh, an employer is going to need to look at what can be done to deal with um, hazards and risks in their 
their workplace uh, through a, a hierarchy of controls. And um, the, the best option, of course, is to completely uh, eliminate risks and, uh, you know, the worst of the, the various options or the, the option at the bottom of the hierarchy is to provide personal protective uh, equipment. But um, one of the important things here is um, because it's not known how effective the vaccines are in pre preventing transmission from one person to another, there is uh, no way that an employer anytime soon is going to be able to rely on COVID vaccinations to, to deal with all of the, the risks associated with the virus. So things like um, social distancing, you know, good hygiene practices, you know, perhaps rostering practices and so on are going to be relevant for the foreseeable future, uh, even where employees have had uh, a COVID vaccination. Okay, so to summarise, you know, what would you see as a good um, program or plan to um, reduce the WHS risks around COVID-19? Yeah, well, uh, the, the starting point for that is, I think, that, that issue that I raised a moment ago, that it's a matter of employers undertaking a risk assessment, what are the risks, and then what needs to be done to control those risks. And, and it won't be just a matter of um, relying on vaccines to, to do that. So we, we're going to need to look at all of these other, other options for the foreseeable future. And consult with the workforce? And, and consult with the workforce, of course, as is a requirement under the uh, work health and safety laws. Okay. So just uh, just go through some other issues quickly before we wrap up, and unfair dismissal. You know, this goes to the issue of, you know, if an employer was to mandate uh, vaccinations, and the employee said, "Well, I'm not going to comply with your lawfully with your direction," the issue then comes down to, well, what? can an employer do about it? And there are some cases where uh, flu vaccinations have been mandatory and employees have been terminated for refusing to comply with the direction to have uh, the flu vaccine. But the unfair dismissal laws you know, have a number of key concepts. You know, the, the, you know, one of the key ones being, would it be harsh, unjust or unreasonable to dismiss an employee in the circumstances. You know, does an employer have a valid reason and then is that reason um, you know, uh, one that would meet those tests? So yeah, there may be cases about this uh, at a later stage to, to see where that line might be drawn in particular cases. Another COVID-related issue, discrimination, which, is, which comes into that as well, I suppose. You know, d discrimination laws are going to be very relevant to this topic because, you know, if someone does have a health reason for not having uh, a COVID vaccination, a genuine health reason, that would most likely be seen as a disability, which is uh, defined uh, very broadly in the discrimination laws. They might also have a genuine religious uh, belief that prevents them having the uh, vaccination. So if an employer is going
going to mandate the uh, the COVID vaccinations, then they're going to need to steer through the state and federal discrimination laws and think about you know what reason is the employee giving for not um, uh, being willing to have the uh, vaccination, and then and is that reason something that's protected under the anti-discrimination laws. Are there issues around general protections? The general protections provisions of the Fair Work Act are very broad and they, they have elements of anti-discrimination protected within them, but also um, you can't take adverse action against um, an employee um, in a range of different circumstances, you know, terminate, um, you know, demote, uh, etc. So the general protections need to be considered in the context of any directions that might be issued to to mandate the vaccine in a particular workplace. Okay, two more issues, and we'll wrap up. Privacy and health records obligations. Now, this is going to play into it because you can ask an employee, have they been vaccinated? But how do you really know? Yes, and this is an area where um, we understand that the Privacy Commissioner uh, will be releasing some information. Um, and when you think about this issue, if you've got an employee that goes off to have a COVID vaccination and you want proof that they actually attended the, uh, the hospital or the GP, et cetera, uh, then you know, there'll be some sort of record that the employee could provide. Now, that's not likely to cause too many issues. Um, you know, uh, employers have been getting doctor's certificates for a long time. But where, you know, the actual record of uh, the, 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 the fact that a person's actually had the vaccination may be a health record. So there are some, well, it would be a health record. So there are some significant uh, issues about privacy and so on associated with record keeping with the COVID vaccinations, which will need to be carefully thought through. And uh, you know, the governments are looking at those issues at the moment. Okay. Last issue, enterprise agreements. Uh, can you put COVID clauses in there, that type of thing? You potentially could put something in an enterprise agreement mandating uh, COVID vaccinations. There are, of course, there are some, I wouldn't say there are a huge number, but there are some provisions in enterprise agreements about flu vaccinations and other types of vaccinations. Even if you did put that in an enterprise agreement, it would just be the starting point for working out would it be lawful and reasonable to direct an employee to have the, um, the COVID uh, vaccinations. But this is a very complicated area and most employers, I'm sure, will tread very warily with this, uh, this whole area before going to the stage of mandating the, the, the vaccinations in their workplace. Okay. Thanks a lot, Stephen. As I mentioned earlier, there's a slide pack that should be with the link to this podcast. And as well, you can go to our website, aigroup.com.au, and there's a whole wealth of resources on COVID-19 and the vaccines. And of course, um, there's member-only access areas as well. Thanks, Stephen Smith, our group's head of National Workplace Relations Policy. That's all for now. See you next time.